Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Cherish it, embrace it. Postseason football is here. Bowl games are back, and it's bittersweet because it means the season's almost over, but you've got, what is it, 44 more college football games on the calendar. Enjoy them all because they will come and go quickly, but they did start today. UAB Miami of Ohio delivered a, a pretty exciting, fun football game this morning. Not bad. You had a great game, and then you had the extra storyline of Trent Dilfer calling a game of the team he's going to coach with the team that didn't that wanted the outgoing coach to stay. You had great drama, <laughs> and uh, you can't lose bowl games and win bowl games. Do you see the video of, of him on the sidelines? There's a cheerleader that walked up to him and asked to see a Super Bowl ring, so he takes it off and she takes a picture with him. What a no! Oh yeah, it's hilarious. He, he cheerleader just runs up to him and he takes his ring off and hands it to her like it's no big deal. I mean, hanging out in the Bahamas, getting pictures with cheerleaders who want to see your Super Bowl ring is is not not the worst way to live, I guess. That's not the worst way to live. No. And uh, UTSA currently playing Troy in the Cure Bowl. There was a safety in this one, so it's nine to nothing in favor of the Roadrunners in the second quarter. Again, I don't understand why that game is being played uh, starting at 2 o'clock on a work day for most people, but not Richard Cross, by the way. Michael Borky's Brian Haydad. He's not here. He'll be back Monday. But don't understand it. Doesn't matter. It's on. If you want to put that on while also listening or watching us, that's totally that's your prerogative. We have a, a game that starts yeah. at 10.30 tomorrow morning, local time. 10.30 a.m. Sure. We're always talking about we want these 9 a.m. kicks for uh, for the Pac-12. Let's start getting into it. Excuse Let's start getting me. used to it. It's not 10.30. It's 10. 10, even better. It's yeah. 11 a.m. Start Eastern. adjusting your body. Start adjusting your body for these things, all right? You know, start getting ready for them because they're coming. It is great to be with you on this Friday. We're going to talk about bowl games and we're going to do picks. We're going to look at the NFL slate. There's a couple of other things we want to talk about here as well throughout the day. But we want to hear from you on the text line. 601-879-4395 is the text line if you want to be a part of the show 
That's how we want you to do it on the C Spire text on 601-879-4395. Whatever you guys uh, want to talk about, we will uh, we'll do it. If you have something interesting, uh, bring it to us on the text line. I do want to start with uh, with something, though. So I get... I would hope you want to start with something. Yeah, all right. You want to start with nothing. Have, uh, have dead air. You know, we get the occasional yeah. listener that tells us to um, only talk about the games that have happened. Right. Yeah, it, like they'll say don't speculate or things like that. And so we can give them Those their wish and smart. just... Yeah, and just go dark, yeah. <laughs> Those games haven't happened yet. Because yeah, we've, um, we, we've talked about the game that happened. We talked about UAB. Yeah. That's it. So, That's the show. Hope you guys have a good one. Great weekend. Hour. See you all. Going to jet out a little early today. <laughs> game in the morning is uh, Cincinnati-Louisville is the early start uh, tomorrow, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock a.m. From The f- drama starts early. From Fenway Park. Not kidding. From from Fenway Park, it looks really cool. Actually, the visuals are, are pretty awesome from the field. Oh, it's snowing, yeah, yeah, snowing as well. But in this business, uh, you know, I don't know how many you get hated. I often get PR pitched from people that are publicists. Oh yeah, you know, trying to get publicity. Publicists getting publicity—that's uh, an oxymoron or redundant. Either way. <laughs> It'll be authors. I get a lot of emails uh, of political commentators trying to come on to give us their reaction to the new bill or whatever. And, you know, I always politely respond and say, you know, please take me off your email list. You're, I'm, you know, it's a sports show. Don't bother. Yeah. Although I did have somebody reply back to me and tell me how rude I was. I, I used seven words. It was a political pitch email trying to get a commentator to come on our show to talk about something of which I strongly disagree with, and I'm, I'm not going to go down that road, but a lot of you guys would also very much disagree with the premise of this proposed appearance. All I said back was, please take me off your email list. That's all I said. Her response was, How you don't have to be rude. <laughs> all I said was, please take me off your email list. That they just it. knew you personally, though. They had listened to the show and they were like, "He's talking." We're talking about you being rude in general, not to this email. Maybe so, but yeah. It, and <laughs> anyway, but this pitch it yeah. is one that I, you know. Part of me thinks that we should put this person on the show. So I get the email like I always get. Hey, Michael, Kara Kennedy just wrote a great piece for us in the reaction to. And let me read it in a second. Interested in chatting with her, best Avery. Like they, you know, and they send a link to the most recent thing this person worked on or their position or whatever. Here is what Avery is trying to get us to put on our show today. I'll read the first few paragraphs of what Kara Kennedy just wrote, the great piece that we need to have on Sports Talk Mississippi to talk about. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. The last leg of Meghan and Harry's docuseries aired Thursday where we learned about the... Uh. Uh, where we learned about institutionalized gaslighting, how terrified Harry is of big bad Prince William, and what Beyonce thinks about the whole saga. The final three episodes admittedly were the bombshell some hoped for. Harry and Meghan's usual approach of accusing nameless figures of terrible acts went out the window. Prince William was the villain. 
King Charles didn't come off much better. They even threw in oh. some sly digs at the late queen. No. Oh, no. Not Her Majesty. <laughs> She's not I, even trying to defend herself. I, I want to say yes. I really do. I, I want us so like, to book I've this some of those. It's usually about, like, disc golf. I get a lot of disc golf emails. Like, hey, you want to talk about the disc golf league? I'm like, no, not really. Um, but that's a good one. I, you know, I I think we can make that work. I think you should book this guest and then not tell Richard what it is. Just say so-and-so joins us or whatever. And then, you know, because he doesn't ever look at the rundown, right? Yeah. Here's how I'll say He'll just be like, all right, who are we talking to? So-and-so. Okay. What's that about? And then, you're like, in the break, you're like, oh, she talks about the Harry and uh, Meghan Markle uh, miniseries. All right. I got to do this thing for Will for the next 10 minutes. I'll be, I'll just be around, though. I, leave him in there. I, see how it goes. I really want to swim. And I just want to say, and I'll, like I won't even put it in the notes. I'll just say, oh shoot, I forgot to to put in there, Richard, that we got a guest coming up. Her name is Kara Kennedy. Um, is involved with a Netflix documentary. And just leave yeah. it like that. So, Kara, uh, Netflix. Uh, what, what's what's the project you're working on? Oh, I review Megan oh, and I'm Harry punched. documentaries on Netflix. Perfect. You know what would be really funny and and not too unsurprising would be if Richard go now. So when in episode three, when Harry and he just knows the whole thing, he's been watching it the whole time. Who would be totally surprised by that? Not me. Not me. Somebody says, "Please do this." I swear I will tune in, Brian. You have to keep a straight face. Uh, you need to do it next week when I'm out. There's no way I'd keep a straight face. <laughs> I'd be chortling the whole time. I'm going to do that. I, I swear. It might be this one. It really might. I might just do it because. This might be the one? This might be the one. I mean, Megan and Harry. You need to go back just, to the political one that nobody's going to agree with, you know, and just be. There you go. Uh, so, no, and it's not like a. It's more of like a moral thing that I, I think people would honestly. It, it wouldn't even be funny. Is it pro nudist? Worse, but you're barking up the, oh. the the correct tree. Yeah, it's it's oh yeah. Um, e. So we can, I think people can draw their own conclusions there to what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like that would cross the line into making people mad to the point where we would get in trouble instead of having okay, off right. color. I'll tell you at the break, you'll, you. you'll understand. But I think you can kind of put it together. But uh, I got an way, idea. Yeah. Either way, I think the Marion Hagen, uh, Marion Hagen, Marion. <laughs> I'm out. Mm. I think this one might actually happen because I would love Mary and Hagen. I would watch. I would. I want to know who Mary and Hagen are. I could care less about Harry and Meghan though. Uh, I do. So, Hagen Harkle and Prince Mary. My uh, my wife is actually like into the royal family stuff, and it, oh yeah, the these the audacity of these people to talk about how they don't have any privacy and they want to just be left alone worth on a, billion a documentary dollars. on Netflix. Yeah. The largest streaming platform in the world yeah. with hundreds of millions of subscribers. We just want to be left alone. We just want to be left he alone. He said into the camera. Ridiculous. We'll talk football when we come back. I, I might, I'm going to do something Maybe. like this one day, though. I will. 
Maybe. We might talk football. Disc golf or drone racing or something. I'm going to say yes to one of these people. It, It may just be this one. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. games this weekend. We mentioned Cincinnati-Louisville tomorrow morning from Fenway Park. Louisville, for what it's worth, a two-point favorite in the game that you're not even going to recognize these teams if you watched them. They're going to be on the same sideline, too. Don't forget that. Yeah. I do like the novelty football stuff, though. I, I think, in, in sports in general. I mean, the basketball games and I the do, but carrier, carriers. And I don't know that I like the, the teams on the same sideline. That, that just feels like there's there's potential for, for shenanigans. Why don't they use the dugouts? I mean, Maybe there has can. to be another side of the field, right? Yeah. I mean, there has to be. I don't understand what, what they're doing. Is it that close to the... Uh, to the stands that they don't have room for the sidelines. I don't. I just don't get it. They do it in basketball, though. Yeah. So I don't know. Either way, Florida and Oregon State. Did you know that Florida's bowl game was tomorrow? As I understand I it, both Ole Miss and Mississippi State were approached about playing in this game. And they shot it down because it's the last weekend of recruiting. They didn't want to. They didn't want to lose that. And. Both of those teams at eight and four deserved a better bowl than December seventeenth. As, yeah. as cool as Vegas would be, that's the best possible trip for the fans, I think. But the seventeenth, no good. If this game was on like the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, better. I think. I bet next year the Vegas Bowl or the years they have the SEC, they're going to try to find a better spot on the schedule for them than this. Yeah, because you could get better team. Like you would get Ole Miss and State to say yes at eight and four if it wasn't. If this on game that day. was on. The twenty from the twenty eighth through the thirty first, they would play this game. Yep. State and Ole Miss would have played this game. But on the seventeenth, with a week to go before signing that's the other thing too, is signing day being later, you know, being the twenty first kind of screws that up. You know, if December first had been a Wednesday, signing day would have been three days two days ago. Wow. So excuse me, it's the third Wednesday of the month, but yeah. the the Wednesday was the thirtieth. I know that the only reason I know that is because it was my birthday. And so it screwed up the whole month. That was my thinking when I took this vacation, by the way. I was like, oh, yeah, the 14th is signing day. No, it's not. It's not. It's the 21st. And, uh, of course, we will have uh, as much coverage as we can of that. Hey, Dad will be gone, but his uh, podcast, Other Half, will be joining us, Robbie Falk, all day yeah. on uh, on this show. All day? Uh, not many Sorry, surprises, though. I don't think any anyway. For state, shouldn't be. I don't know about Ole Miss, but for State, I'm not expecting much in the way of surprises. And that's kind of the goal for Zach Arnett, right, is just keep mm-hmm. the class intact. Keep, lock, lock there's, it there's a strong push from the players in the class to we were Leach's last class, let's stay together kind of thing happening, which I like. That's just very very admirable in this time day and age of college football. 
No, uh, no doubt. Hunter says Vegas is an expensive trip. Uh, I, apparently, Houston is too. I, I mean, everything's an expensive trip. Yeah, I had a, everything is. A friend screenshot me a picture of his flight itinerary. Had he decided to go to Houston, decided against it, it was four figures. Fly to Houston yeah. and back. And and so no drive to Houston. It's be easier. Yeah. Um, not that many Ole Miss fans uh, planning on making that trip. It's going to be a lighter attended bowl game, I think. You know, time of week, how the season ended, not being really juiced up to play Texas Tech again, not exactly conducive of you know getting fifteen to twenty thousand people to show up. Whereas Texas Tech, yeah. they've sold out their allotment. There, it'll be kind of like They're a coming, home game yeah. for them, in a way. Yeah. I mean, easier trip. I mean, I assume the Houston area, even though Lubbock's on the other side of the state, there's still a ton of Texas Tech alum in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2.30 on ABC from uh, SoFi Stadium in California. Jimmy Kimmel sponsors um, sponsors a bowl game, apparently. Uh, Washington State and Fresno State. Fresno State, actually, the favorite in this one. All right, so we were working on our barbecue competition. Our next goal is Richard Cross presents the Super Talk Mississippi Bowl uh, at Memorial Stadium. And the, the and you remember that late? Did you see the laser show they did at Ole Miss before the Egg Bowl? We're going to do that, and it's going to be Richard's face on on the field. Yeah. We get and yes, I'm in. I mean, what, what is the Bahamas Bowl like? Five hundred k. Yeah, we can we can raise that no problem. And he's got that probably in his wall somewhere. He's got it laying around under that's his a, mattress. That's, a, that's, a, that's the change in his, his couch cushions. Brandon says nothing touches this Morgan Wallen concert at Vault Hemingway. It's like another mortgage. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, what a grift that is. By the way, I hope I'm not offending anybody it, by saying that. Hey, no, they added a second night. So they announce a concert that's going to happen in April. This gigantic mega country star, it, it, to me, it's very generic, but people love him, so whatever. To eat your own. He's, he, I know I know he's very popular. He's very popular. If you like him, great. Like I like music. You probably wouldn't. All good. But the prices that that the, the ticket company or whoever, I guess it's Ticketmaster, were charging people. The, the way that the ticket prices worked in this deal was insane. People were paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to buy tickets to see Morgan Wallen play in their favorite team's football stadium. Not everybody going there is an Ole Miss fan, but still, people that I know did this. Like, four figures worth of money to take their family of four to go see Morgan Wallen. Because... He's playing in Vaught-Hemingway on Saturday night in April. So people, like this particular friend that I'm talking about with his family of four, spent an insane amount of money to see him because they knew this was their one chance. And I imagine there are thousands of people like him, right? Got to go see Morgan Wallen. The demand is high, but I got to go see him. After people buy tickets, they add a second date the next day. Can we forgive him for saying, look... The demand was greater than we thought it would be. Let's add a second night. It was always the plan. Can we, can we forgive? It was always the plan. Yeah. They were always playing two nights. They, Whoever's involved... I, 
Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just decided, you know what, Morgan, you got another night? Okay, great. We'll add this second date because demand was so high. But if that's not what happened, then a bunch of people got grifted out of hundreds of dollars. And that sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess there's a sucker born John, every day. I'm John in the Delta them, says three tickets in Oxford in the Rebel Club, 1000 bucks. Gosh. Yeah. And would you have paid that That's knowing you that, bought anything? Yeah. You haven't bought a shirt. You haven't bought a, a beer. You haven't bought anything. You've already, oof. I saw Garth Brooks for t- like 200 bucks. I just, I feel bad. Like when this guy was telling me about it, I, I feel bad for him because the only reason why demand was that high is because there was one concert. If everybody knew there was two, it wouldn't have been that much and he wouldn't have gotten suckered into it. I guess it's business or whatever at the end of the day. He's hot, and I don't blame him. Right. But anyway. Anyway. Josh doesn't even get to go. Oh, man, I hope you can uh, hopefully get your money back. But now that they've offered the second date, that, uh, that stinks. Sandy says, Brian, I saw the sweet photo of your wife with Coach Leach at your party. I know she will cherish that for many years to come. Yeah, that's been making its rounds, yeah. thanks to uh, Ross. Yeah, it has. It has. So. Really cool. Yeah. Mike says, welcome to Ticketmaster, no doubt. Debbie Ocean no, Springs says, I finally just... watched that King's Father Christmas video. I didn't find it offensive. Well, because you're normal. It's not offensive. It's not offensive. It, it's... Just, it's just, it just reveals things. They yes. don't need to be revealed. And that we don't need to reveal on this show today either, Borky. I'm not Let's going not go to. down that road again. I'm not going to. Mike says he was really good in show. 2K apiece for VIP tickets. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> Gosh. I mean, if you love something, you love something. But I don't love anything that much. Me either. Me either. I better be allowed to get up there and sing with him for two grand. <laughs> We're going to be singing some George Jones or something. See, see, Preston said he got six for seventy-five each. You, you were the the second wave, apparently, or I don't know. I don't know how you got so lucky, but I know people bought for an insane amount of money and now feel grifted. Oof. Yeah, Josh and those those tickets for his wife, wife night with her friends. Buddy, you better get a heck of a, of a rebound trip out of that. You better be able to take you and the boys wherever you want to go if you're doing that. That's how I roll. My wife and I, she has she has her trips, I have mine. I go tit for tat with that. Yeah, that's not bad. Oh, you're Thanks. going here? Guess what? Time, time for me to plan something then. Justin in Tupelo says, he's hot and I don't blame him. Please clip that. That's not near as bad as us talking about Jimmy G the other day. <laughs> if you want to true. clip that whole conversation... Uh, you yeah. can. And Cliff Kingsbury walking around Starkville. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, pour one out for Sorority Row if that were to happen. Um, times have changed. My first concert, Terry says, was Kiss and ACDC in 77 at the Mid-South Coliseum. $6.75 a ticket. And what a show that would have been. I'm jealous. That's got to be an incredible show. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. You're so
Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you, talking about sports, occasionally. Tom says, I can understand paying a premium if it's someone you've never seen before that might be nearing the end of a Hall of Fame career. Most expensive ticket I paid for was for me and my wife to see Billy Joel in Memphis a few years ago. Wasn't anywhere near the amount of money I've seen people paying for Morgan Wallen. What is the most expensive ticket you've ever bought? I don't do a ton of concerts, so I mean it might have been that Garth Brooks one was like a hundred bucks. Not just concert, anything. Just, it most it most expensive ticket oh, you ever I mean, purchased. I, I mean that's probably it. Really? Yeah, I just you know, like for sporting events, I've always been pretty good about getting tickets. You know, where I'm not, I haven't, and I haven't ever been to anything like a Super Bowl or an NBA final or anything like that. Never been to a Super Bowl. I lead a very boring life, either. Borky. I'm sorry. You know what you like. It's not boring. Huh. Might be boring to some, but what is boring to some is not yeah. boring to others. Reading bores me to tears. Sure. People, you know, live for it. I, I try to. It's just boring. I do. I have a friend that listens to audiobooks, and he calls it reading. Drives me nuts. That's not reading. You're not reading. That's not reading. No. You're basically podcasting. Um, what would have my most expensive ticket been? Let us know on the text line, 601 How much were those Dave Matthews tickets? Um, they weren't. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There. I had the hookup. Big, big man on campus over here. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> they wouldn't have been that much, though. Um, no. Let's see. Who would have? I, I can't think of what the most expensive ticket. I sat courtside at a Pelicans game years ago. That's probably it. It's like one seventy-five. Yeah. yeah, I spent a hundred on uh, the ringside seats up for when I went to AEW a few years ago. Boy, courtside at NBA is luxury. By the way, I've sat in boxes at, at college football games and and stuff like yeah. that. There is nothing like sitting where you are when your feet are on the floor. You're a foot from the lo- the out of bounds line. Like you are, you are mm-hmm. literally on top of the action. And they have yeah. a waitress. You don't have to get up out of your seat unless you have to go to the bathroom. Right. That brings you right. whatever you want. They they bring you stat sheets. They'll print out the stats after every quarter and bring that to you too. So you're just sitting here. This, this lady's just bringing you whiskey or whatever you want, popcorn. Or I mean, they There's had media relating happening, like a full spread of uh, like I had some jambalaya and like this this chicken that I'd never heard of before. She just brings it to me, and then when I'm done, she just takes it from me. And oh, there's Anthony Davis running right in front of my face. It, that was an incredible experience. That 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 was my best sports it. experience that I've had. The game stunk. They won, but it wasn't. A, like I'm a glad very that Anthony game, Davis was able to be a part of it. I know he usually uh, usually wasn't. 
<laughs> you just can't help yourself, Bork. No, I can't. Mike says he feels grifted that it cost him $10 to see Kiss and Foghat. I wonder when that was. That was just two days ago. Kiss is still on the farewell tour. Wait, they're touring with Foghat right on their... now? Oh, I don't know. I'm just messing. I don't know about that. Like, I saw Kiss on their farewell tour in 1999. It's still going on. <laughs> they they like just a couple can't of let members, go. Well, I mean, one guy died. They just keep touring. Well, they never said when they're actually, like, yeah, it's a farewell tour, but they did. The longest farewell I've ever, yeah. I've ever seen. They're the opposite of the Irish goodbye. <laughs> Uh, Boyd sends us a good message. He said, saw the Rolling Stones and Doobie Brothers and Van Halen at the same concert for $12.75. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Had an unused Led Zeppelin ticket that I, uh, he says he lost, uh, but for 12 or $13 in New Orleans. Man. That's insane. I, I've been holding out hope that... Uh, Page and Plant will just get John Bonham's kid to play drums and do like, you know, a very small like goodbye tour. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Plant can't hit those notes anymore as much. So I mean, yeah, why do that? Debbie's first concert was Boston. My first concert was Hootie and the Blowfish. Very South Carolina. It's the most generic. I saw thing David ever. Lee Roth. At Rapids on the Reservoir in Jackson. Nice. That was your first yeah, that one? Was, that was a fun show. As far as I remember, yeah. Like I said, I don't do a lot of live music. But we, we couldn't resist. It was like 10 bucks. And uh, he got up there. The first song he played was going off his new album. We were just like, this is going to suck. It's not going to be a good concert. He's going to play all this new stuff we don't care about. The song was called Big Train. And then so he finished that up, and he's like, why don't we take this train down to Panama? And we're like, yes! And he played all the hits, (laughs) and it was fantastic. Sounds awesome. Darren says he paid $125 to see Pink Floyd in London in 1984. What would that be today? You underpaid. You underpaid to see them in London. You underpaid. Isn't there, like, a calculator for that? Like an inflation calculator? Yeah. Let's see here. $125 in 1984. What would that be today? Uh, $358.17. Wow. I think I would do it. Yeah. I think I would. We get one message. Chris Stapleton opening for George Strait in the Superdome was $500 a ticket. I regret nothing. Oof. And Jeremy, that's a good show. It's got to be a good show. Caleb says the most expensive ticket that he got was while driving. Been there, buddy. <laughs> I have been there. Uh, but uh, 125 for a Minnesota Wild game earlier this year, but that was a lot of fun. Here's a big one. I paid $575 to enter the Ironman Chattanooga Triathlon. You paid money to hurt. Just I'll get for 100 bucks. I'll just punch you in the face. Be quicker. And cheaper. Probably hurt less. <laughs> Mike saw Kansas, Boston, Joan Jett, Journey, and Aerosmith in the same day for $40. I mean, when music festivals used to be good. Yeah. Paul saw Alice Cooper trying to find. a few years ago. That, I'm sure that was a lot of fun. 
So a friend of mine, this, yeah, this, he went to this. We went to the the Monsters of Rock at uh, the Liberty Bowl. He always talked about this concert. Van Halen, Scorpions, Dokken, and Metallica. Oh man, that ticket was probably like twenty bucks. Excellent uh, crowd watching there too. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For that's, sure. that's a low key great part Wait about concerts what? is people watching. I saw Motorhead and Paul Simon in the same day. Not at the same show, I hope. That would have been a tremendous difference in crowds. He said at the hangout, that's in uh in Orange Beach, right? They put stage the, the stage right there. Never heard of it, yeah. On on the water. It's uh it's pretty cool. Mike doesn't even know who this is. He said, My son who's seventeen just paid three hundred dollars for some new male singer. I think he's crazy. Maybe it's Morgan Wallen. Maybe. Same show. I can't imagine Motorhead and Paul Simon. Got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of hippies and then a bunch of metalheads coming in. I like it. I would have it would have been great if they like collabed on a couple of songs as well. It would be. Like you can call me Al. Yeah. Would have been a lot of fun, maybe. Been funny. Dale paid twenty five dollars to watch Butterbean fight in the Tough Man contest in Greenville years ago. Oh yeah. So, uh, so good stuff. Oh, here we go. Paid a thousand dollars just for two tickets to see Michael Jackson in '89 when he was still wearing the one glove, and then in 2017 he saw the Eagles and Steely Dan. Seventeen hundred bucks a ticket. Gosh. Goodness gracious! The Eagles, man, I heard they ripped you off when when you. I heard their tickets were incredible when they did their reunion tour. I just. It, it, Good for you to be able to. I, I could not fathom letting seventeen hundred dollars go for anything. <coughs> I, whew, that would make me uncomfortable. That better be the best concert that I have ever seen. And it's the Eagles, so it probably would have been. Honestly, I love the Eagles. Yeah. I wonder if they play like these, these... funk forty nine or. Or like Boys of Summer at their concerts. Was that a thing that they would do? I don't know. That's a good question. Do they play like some uh, like some of the solo stuff yeah. from the other guys? I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing the Eagles playing like Rocky Mountain Way. I mean, that'd be great, right? Yeah, you would think that'd be good. We I'm can't to get think. to all of your messages. We appreciate them, though. This is, uh, this is good stuff. I, I promise... If we ignore your message, it's only because there's there's too many. And if we would have to do the rest of the show on just what we've gotten so far. So we appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, thank you for texting in. Would love to read them all. We just can't. But uh, I will during the break anyway. Great stories, great shows, an era that I wish I grew up in. But either way, we'll get back to the sports when we come back. at Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Talk Mississippi to the junction in the grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. I woke up this morning, last night was a blur. Three more parties to go, and I must concur that it looks like we're gonna party hard this Christmas. Put on my coat, head out into the cold. 
I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Great to be with you guys on a Friday. We've got a food Friday coming up later. So what are you cooking this weekend, a week before Christmas? And a week before it gets cold, by the way. Enjoy these semi-comfortable days. I know it's a little chilly, but next weekend, not so much. Winter is coming. Shout out Jon Snow. I would have gone shout out Ned Stark on that one, but that's okay. You know, we might be getting a uh, spinoff. A continuation of the Jon Snow story. House of the Dragon, so. Oh, great, yeah. It's going to be how he was an idiot. <laughs> that was going to be about. Where he, you know. Or he's going to. Are we actually going to remember that he's a Targaryen in that, in that one, or are we just going to. Spoiler alert. Or are we just going to continue down the path of nobody cares? Apparently that. I'm sorry, they hurt me. They hurt me, Borky, and I'll never forgive them. Uh, we stopped right before the uh, the game of the day tomorrow, at least in our state. Rice, Southern Miss, the Lending Tree Bowl down there in Mobile. Southern Miss is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. So you got NFL going on, but Southern Miss will be on its own, really, in college football for at least a couple of hours tomorrow. Uh, playing Rice in a bowl game. It's good for them to be here. I think, not that they need, quote-unquote, need to win, but a win can take them a, a long way into this offseason. you got to get this There's a difference one. between 6 and 7, 7 and 6. Yeah. There's, there's just a difference. You know, when you, when you win the last game of the year, you just feel better the whole way through. Even for State, you know, when they lo- if you lose the Egg Bowl, but you win the bowl game, you know, same with Ole Miss here this season. You know, when you, if you you lost the Egg Bowl, fine. But if you win the bowl game and you finish nine and four, huge difference. There's a difference between seven and six and six and seven. And I, I just feel like you want to keep that momentum going that you've got right now. Yeah. So again, yeah, you're right. Not a must win. Nobody's losing their job, but you want to win this game if you're Southern Miss, and it's winnable. They should win. They should. Uh, they absolutely should. Um, a lot of momentum uh, right now in Hattiesburg, though. And uh, good for Will Hall uh, for, for getting it done. Having quarterback room health issues a second year in a row. It just the guy can't win when it comes to keeping that room healthy. And you know, maybe maybe next year, right? <laughs> I don't mean to sound sarcastic, but maybe next year the quarterback room will stay healthy. Maybe throughout the season, we shall see. SMU BYU from New Mexico tomorrow night at six thirty. SMU's a four point favorite in that one. That should be a good game. Replay of the 1981 Holiday Bowl, which was one of the best bowl games ever. Yeah. Yeah, so Jim McMahon led like a 30-point comeback in the fourth quarter to, to win the game and beat SMU. Where he like actually cussed out his head coach, which is BYU, right? You're not supposed to cuss at all. And he's just like, we are not bleeping button here. And they, they won the game. They were down, they were down like 45 to 20, and they won 46-45. Wow. Yeah, good game. And the nightcap tomorrow night, North Texas, who actually just fired their coach, is a 10.5-point dog against Boise State in the Frisco Bowl. Yeah, they'll which, probably lose that game. As you can imagine, it's in Frisco. Spoiler. That's a star, right? Yeah. yeah. The former... Uh, recently fired North Texas coach, who, by the way, it, that, that was a little controversial, right? I mean, he was doing well. It's it's North Texas better yeah. know what the heck they're doing. It was they kind of one of those for the fires. Conference USA title. Yeah, 
So I forget they they've already hired the guy, right? They've already hired the new coach, uh, Mike Leach disciple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they replaced one for the other, but the uh Yeah, but say they had a Mike Le- Mike Leach disciple. And uh, there are people, I don't know how real it is. Again, we'll, we'll we'll see when we get to actually hear from Zach Arnett, but there are people, state fans that continue to ask me well, they're asking me if I know who Zach Arnett's going to hire. I have no idea, but uh, about the former North Texas head coach coming in to be the OC. His name has been brought up for sure. And Graham Harrell might be off anything, the market but... now. I mean, so yeah. for what it's worth, and we can get into this more when we come back if, if you'd like, but Graham Harrell sure. um, just got hired at Purdue. Uh, to be the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. there. I think Mississippi State's a better job than Purdue. I don't think anybody would argue against that fact other than Purdue fans and maybe like Joel Klatt. But um, that still <laughs> that, that might keep him I mean, off the board, though, because settling into a brand-new job to pick it up and leave it a couple weeks later, is it's happened. Lest but, we forget, though, Zach Arnett did it. He did. He was the defensive coordinator at Syracuse for, I think, 10 days, and then... Uh, Got the Mississippi State offer. Yeah. So that's something to at least keep an eye on. If you if you're looking forward to the possibility of Graham Harrell, he might be off the board, depending on if he'd be willing to to jump or uh, or not. So, for what it's worth, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. I, I've got a. I don't want to call it a gripe because it's not a gripe, but something to do with bowl games and the discourse around them. I don't like, and we'll talk about that when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk, Mississippi. Super talk, Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, I'm Michael Borky, he's Brian Haydad. A uh, bit of a public service announcement here, so I don't know if this has been previously uh, announced, but I saw it about an hour ago. Uh, Mississippi State has finalized the details around Mike Leach's public memorial service. Uh, That'll be on Tuesday, uh, so this coming Tuesday at 1 o'clock Central Time. Uh, at at the Hump there in Sarkville. If you would like to attend, that's how you do it. But if you cannot, you can actually watch uh, a a nice little feature of the infrastructure that exists uh, at all SEC venues. Uh, It'll be on the SEC network. Uh, So you can watch it on on your app or on your computer at work or at home or or wherever. So if you can't actually make it, uh, you can still uh, be a part of it through, uh, through the app or just straight up on the SEC Network. So that's Tuesday, 1 o'clock at the Hump, uh, honoring the life and legacy of the late and the great Mike Leach. Got to think there's going to be a lot of college coaches in Starkville on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. A lot of big names, I would think. I would imagine so. So. Yeah. 
I don't know if this is too morbid, but got to got to feel feel like his final resting place will be in the Keys, right? Possibly. I mean, and, and yeah. that could be a spread my ashes in the Keys or kind of thing. I, I could see that very easily. Yeah. It, it's where he fit the best. If you're a bit of the Keys, that's where like, he was. It was where he yeah. was at home. Yeah. He was definitely at home there. Uh, Miami of Ohio, by the way, did something pretty cool um, in the Bahamas Bowl today. Shows you the the reach of Mike Leach. We're to Miami of Ohio, right? From Oxford, Ohio, playing in the Bahamas mm-hmm. Bowl on the back of their helmet. So I think what they were able to do is that they used some kind of a screen printer, I guess, or, or something, because that's not your typical helmet logo, I don't think. I think that's more of a like a fast turnaround sticker, either way. It is a big black right, right, right. sticker on the back, and they're they're using a, a logo. And, and the reason why I'm saying that they're using this old logo, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. It's a, a Mac logo with two bones crossing underneath, like a skull and crossbones logo, but it's the Mac logo that I think the conference used previously. Yeah, yes. And they were able to put Coach Leach and hashtag fly the flag on this sticker, which is really cool. And credit to Miami of Ohio for doing that. The reason why I pointed out that they are having to use something old is because I've seen a lot of people come up with ideas of how teams should honor Mike Leach at their bowl games. And I hope a lot of them can be executed. It's easier said than done. Miami probably had to like screen print this thing real quick and slap it on their helmets. It's You have to deal with, one, mass ordering things like this, design, supply chain, getting it approved with your equipment provider and your conference. Mississippi State, I mean, maybe they can pull it off. If they can, that's awesome. But if they don't have the all-black jersey with a black helmet with a pirate flag on it, it doesn't mean that they didn't want to do that or like they came up short. It's just really hard to get new jerseys, new patches, new stickers in time like what with Miami did. I mean, they had a few days uh, to to get this done. It sounds easy. It's not that easy. So if if Mississippi State doesn't produce the all black uniform with the black helmet, it doesn't mean they didn't want to do something that cool. It right. just it it's a lot more difficult than that. They would have to get up with Illinois for that too, because I've, I was before all this happened. I found out Mississippi State is a visiting team, so if they want to wear dark colors they got to get permission from illinois i guess which i would imagine in this instant is if if state went to illinois and was like look we have a mike leach commemorative uniform but it's dark could we wear the dark uniform i think illinois would go for it yeah i don't see why you wouldn't because who cares but every bowl game should be color on color it should be illinois in their orange and mississippi state in in that if they were able to yeah the texas bowl <clears throat> Ole miss should wear powder blue and texas tech should wear black Color versus color should be yeah. all of these bowl games if you can yeah. pull it off. Anyway, I agree. I would be down for that. But that uh, that was cool to see from uh, from Miami. They certainly did not have to do that and, and found a way anyway. And it, again, it just shows you the the reach of of Mike Leach when Miami of Ohio. I, I believe I don't have his resume memorized. I don't think he ever coached there. No. So just kind of doing it because he was. He was that big. Matthew in Oklahoma reminds us that would not work for the Orange Bowl. No. <laughs> well, Tennessee's got black unis, though. They have, they have gray ones, too. And, and Clemson, Clemson has, has purple. the purple. 
Yeah. Those people go, go ultra alternate purple though. They hate oh, they do. the purple. Well, because when they first started wearing them, they lost all the time. So of course yeah. they blame the jerseys for them losing. We always lose in purple. I know how that goes. Yeah. That would be kind of funny though. This is a very. This is how my brain works. They do, how stupid they do the old, the old. They, they hype up the orange bowl with all the orange, and they both show up they in all the uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I have a gripe. Here's my gripe. I, I think the discourse right. around bowl games is not genuine. So we talked about it yesterday. Some I, I think that there are players that are opting out of bowl games that are generally making mistakes. If my son, again, he's my son, he has my genes, he will not play high-level college football. But if by chance he somehow made his way, I would advise him to play in a bowl game. You have one game left with your team. You should play in it. So I I believe that. I think that is the case. I still will watch all of these bowl games, though. It is not a deterrent for me. And I saw a long argument. Andy Staples was involved, but he was arguing the same side that I'm taking. Where you have people, whether it just be random fans or or people in our position, that talk about how bowl season is ruined. All these opt-outs have just ruined bowl season. And this is just terrible, and it's unwatchable, and and the ratings are going to be bad. Okay, so Florida and Oregon State play tomorrow. I'm going to watch the game. Mm -hmm. I would have watched it regardless. But if Jervon Dexter doesn't play for Florida, is that going to stop you from watching the game? Honestly. The the hysteria over the opt-outs is reaching hysterical levels. It's a bunch of guys you've never seen play before. You don't know who they are. It it shouldn't stop you, and it's not going to stop you from watching these games. But I mentioned Aiden O'Connell yesterday. That's not going to stop me from watching Purdue LSU. He wasn't a draw to me. Oh, man, I better watch that game because Aiden O'Connell's going to be throwing average Never passes. see him again in Purdue right? uniform. Exactly. Yeah. So the hysterics over the opt-outs, I would advise these guys to play. But what game are you not watching because a couple of guys opted out, guys that you've never heard it's, of before anyway? It's one of the – if you're not a fan of that team, yes, you're latching on to hysteria. I agree with that. If you are a fan of that team, it's like, you know, I would like to see the team as it as it was. If, especially if you're a Florida fan, who who is their quarterback? Richardson's opted out yeah. and Kitten is in, is in jail – so, I mean, I have no idea who their quarterback uh, Jack is. Jack Miller, the Ohio State transfer. Oh, that's right, Jack Miller. So, yeah. man, maybe they got something to look forward to for the future there. But I get it for if you're a fan of, because you're like, you know, you pay money to go to the game, especially if you bought tickets, right, and you're like, oh, gosh, half the team's not playing. You know, why am I here? But for the, yeah, for the average fan, like, I don't care who opts out of any bowl game other than the ReliaQuest Bowl. That's the only one that would affect me in any way. Hey. The whole everybody else wants to opt out when you're playing a bunch of freshmen. Who cares? The NCAA announced today they can all play, so no issues there. Just let them go. Let the young guys have it. Yeah, we'll get to that later. I think that's an important <coughs> uh, an important news story that happened um, earlier today. Is there really over forty bowl games? Heard that on Gallo? Yeah, yeah, there are. What is it? Forty yeah. two? Something like that. Yeah. Yes, it is a made for TV thing, and that that's the next thing. It's. Most of these bowl games have no history or prestige. The Texas Bowl has no history or prestige. You want to know why the Texas Bowl is being played? Because it gives ESPN content on Wednesday, December 28th. 
That's mm-hmm. why the Texas Bowl exists. That's why the Gasparilla Bowl exists. That's why the Fenway Bowl exists. All but about a dozen of them are have no historical value, are made for television. It's so you can pass the time while ignoring, you know, your your wife's cousin at around the Christmas tree. You know, it, it's all made for TV. They are glorified exhibitions. But there's not a single player that has opted out of a bowl game that is preventing me from watching it. Not one. Right. Well, that's just how it. it this is the truth about everything, right? It's college football. I'm going to watch. Yes. I'm going to watch. Me and my family are going to watch these football games. Not really, just me. But yeah. regardless, yeah. It's all about the uniform. I say it so many times. I don't really care in college football about the name on the back of the jersey. I care about the jersey. So if LSU is playing Florida or playing Purdue, I'm going to watch that game. Yep. Whoever's playing for them, this is just who's playing. I'm going to watch it. The points will be scored. I'm going to enjoy it. Simple as that. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll get to some of your messages when we come <clears> back. <throat> Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you might even say it glows. And all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. Carrie in Richland said the opt-outs actually do the opposite for me. I'm watching regardless because it's football, but they also make me want to see how the next guys play. Like with Florida. Now, Richardson's gone, but you get to see Jack Miller for the first time. Really see him for the first time. For whatever that's worth. We get another message. I I watched all six state championship games. I watched LSU, K-State last year with LSU uh, using a slot wide receiver at quarterback. I'm a sicko. I will watch every bowl game regardless. The television ratings tell you that a bunch of people watch all these bowl games. That's why they exist. That's why they exist. When people did the, there's too many bowl games argument, well then, don't watch. Because if there was too many and it was saturating the product, People wouldn't watch, but they do, which is why they keep adding them. It's just simple economics, really. No, Debbie, there's not been so many bowl games. They just keep adding them. The Independence Bowl used to be something. Sort of. Yeah, Yeah, kind of. The Independence Bowl isn't much different than it used to be. Chris and Summit said, just watched ESPN guys blasting Alabama's Will Alexander for opting to play in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I will be looking for that clip later, and I will roast it, because that's pathetic. Uh, In case you guys missed it, um, the entire Alabama team, no opt-outs. I guess the transfer portal guys may not be playing, but they're not starters anyway. Uh, Bryce Young and Will Anderson, though, they're draft picks, and all the starters are going to play for Alabama, which is really cool. If anybody is criticizing that, that person's a moron. I don't mean to be so harsh, but that that, that is a a very dumb stance to take. That this leader of the football team has one game left, and it's the Sugar Bowl. He's decided to play, and he's wrong. That's a joke. 
We also got a couple messages asking about Emmanuel Forbes as well. Do you have anything on that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. We had a couple people ask about Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, do we have anything new on that other than? As far as I know, he's playing at this point. At this point, I believe he's going to play. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, as we get closer, you know, when I, I would imagine that'll be one of the questions asked of Zach Arnett uh, on Wednesday, and uh, hopefully we'll find out for sure. But I believe Emmanuel Forbes is going to play in this last game. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, knock on wood, hope for his uh, his health out of the game because he's an early round pick. Oh yeah, especially if yeah, he uh, probably if he tests well. I wish he will. I think he will. Yeah, looks like he will. He just needs to, he needs to find a way to hang out with me for a week and put on some weight, but not lose any speed. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we're going to make it happen. Jeff says bowl games used to be a reward for a good season. Nowadays, with so many bowl games, they see diluted. All they are is another college game to watch. That's exactly what they are. Hunter but says they are a reward for the teams that go. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, who else is getting the reward? I mean. The teams that go get rewards. They get to go to these cool locations. They get to get the big swag bag. They get to have another game with their teammates. They get to do all this fun stuff. It's still a reward. Yeah, UAB and... There's uh, just more teams getting rewarded now. Yeah. And Miami got to, like, swim with dolphins. Yeah. At Atlantis and in the Bahamas. Might be the best bowl trip of, uh, of all of them, maybe. Hunter says, starters not playing will absolutely keep me from watching the game. Yeah, I'll watch a little, but it won't be locked in if all starters are not playing. He said, we're not normal, though. Y'all watch games no one cares about all year. I'm a huge college football fan, but I'm not big enough of a fan to watch second-string guys battle it out. I remember when bowl games mattered, all of them. If you compare ratings from this year and 2000, you will see a big difference. Not at the top, you won't. Tell me the year that the Independence Bowl mattered. Tell me what year that, that that game mattered in the grand scheme of college football in the season. Name, name one time that the Independence Bowl ever mattered. I'll wait. It, it, they're, they're, it never has mattered. It has never mattered. So we get one message saying Forbes came out and said he was. To, to, to tell you the truth, I don't follow any players, active players on social media. I just I don't. It's not like I'm taking a moral stance. I just don't. So unless somebody retweets that into my timeline, I will not see it. So I'll take your word for it. But if he's been practicing, as Haydad told us yesterday and just now, yeah. then... It's not on Twitter, unless he's replied to somebody. Uh, no, it's not on Twitter. I'll check his Instagram, but I don't know where he, where that would have been. There certainly hasn't been a uh, a media availability for the players recently so Bill in Columbia asked who recommended Arnett for the DC job at state that's the real genius behind the scenes nobody behind the scenes very much was in front of the scenes it was Mike Leach you know maybe uh, as with everything they have agents you know help them with things but Mike Leach is the one that hired him and Mike Leach didn't strike me as a yes man. It's not like John Cohen told him what to do there. Yeah. Yeah. Credit, credit <sighs> the pirate for that one. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, he he, I think he wanted to find kind of a kindred spirit there, a guy who was as intense about defense as he was about offense. Somebody he he could trust to leave alone. 
And he got that with Zach Arnett. Get one message. It matters to people who are paying their season tickets to see their team play and paying for bowl tickets to see their team play. True. I understand yeah. that. You know, you, you if you're going to pay to go... Although I would tell you if you're if you're going to the Texas Bowl, although all of Ole Miss's players are playing, so bad example. Uh, if you are an Ole Miss fan and you paid to go to the Sugar Bowl last year and Matt Corral didn't play, you go to things like that to watch your team, not to watch one player for your team. <coughs> Maybe that's easy right. for me to say in my position, but like if Matt Corral opted out of the Sugar Bowl, I still would have strongly encouraged you to go to the Sugar Bowl because right. your team is playing in it. Whether or not Matt Corral would have been there, the only time it hurts is you know if, if it's a, an expensive trip and you have like seven or eight guys, seven or eight starters opting out, then it's like do I really want to go down there? We're probably not going to win. Yeah, I can just stay home. I get that. At least you that. learn ahead but of time. Though. One or two guys. Yeah. You get the heads up, uh, at least. But either way. It's a it's a big talking point. It is one every year. But, I mean, largely when you when you scroll the names of opt-outs, it's <coughs> Anthony Richardson, I, I think for now, is the most popular one. Unless I'm missing one. Would he be the most high-profile opt-out? Who's that? Anthony Richardson. I mean, Grant, Levis, maybe? Levis, yeah, I mean, he's high profile because of his draft grade, but I mean, he, he I mean, stinks. I think that's, but, that's why. Yeah, it's Richardson and Levis. I mean, I get it, but I mean, Richardson's not exactly great. No. Um, just trying to think around the league. I, I guess so, yeah. No, nobody else is standing out to I mean, me as not, like, not okay, that I can think of. Yeah. Um, no, Robinson at Texas isn't playing. Bijan Robinson's, Robinson's not, not playing? playing. Yeah, he, okay, he's that's opted one. out. So that, that's a big one also. And the Alamo Bowl against Washington. I saw Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt declare for the draft. Did he say he was playing or not? I'm trying to. Yeah, no, he's out as well. That's a big one then. But that's not stopping me from watching. That's the thing. That's not stopping me from watching the Orange Bowl. I'm going to watch the Orange Bowl. Right. right. Jalen right. Hyatt, no Jalen Hyatt. Either way. It's a, it's a conversation that's going to continue to happen forever. I do think uh, that bowl games, you've already seen it with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. They're going to start incentivizing guys to play in the game. You you may think that mm-hmm. it shouldn't be this way, but I think it's going to be this way, and I think it'll help. The, the bowls are going to start paying the players to play in it, essentially, giving them an appearance fee. And if you don't play, they won't pay you, obviously. But that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Whether or not you think that's what should happen at the end of the day, doesn't matter because if right. it if it gets more players to play in these games, then it's a net positive. It's not your money, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's not like they're taking it out of your wallet to pay. That's these the kids. one thing about NIL and all this that people get so upset about. Like, it's not you spending that money. You don't you don't have to spend it. Nobody's telling you you've got to pay for these players. You can just not do it. Shouldn't get upset about how other people spend their money. Yeah. I, uh, but just me, though. Me, too. It's my own personal opinion. We're scheduled to meet with uh, Bruce Marshall. When we come back, we'll talk to him, get some picks from Bruce. We've got 
a couple of other college football stories to get to beyond opting out of bowl games. Uh, we will talk about a new, actually good, beneficial NCAA rule that they enacted that will help what? keep your teams like intact for bowl games. It's like sensical and crazy. We'll do a Food Friday and more. But Bruce Marshall when we come back. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you on this Friday afternoon. Just after 4.30, you know what that means. It's time to talk to Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. On the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Bruce, bowl season's here. Uh, when you, We were just talking about opt-outs. How much of that do you have to track when you're handicapping these games, and how much has that changed over the years? Oh, God, Michael, it's changed a lot. Although, you know, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Lou Holtz uh, suspended his top two running backs, um, Ben Cowens and Michael Forrest, in the 78 Orange Bowl, January 1 against Oklahoma. And everybody thought that was gonna, that was it. Uh, Arkansas had no chance. And... Uh, uh, Point spread went up, and Arkansas just leveled Oklahoma in the game. Roland Sales came out of nowhere with a big game running the ball. So sometimes these heroes pop up. The problem you have now is you get stuff in mass defections. I mean, not just two guys. I mean, Florida apparently has got 16 guys aren't playing in this game tomorrow against uh, uh, against Oregon State here in Vegas. And you had, we saw it, we've seen it the last couple of years. Last year, I don't know how many guys LSU had out of that game against Kansas State. It was like half its team. Um so it's changed the dynamic a lot, and it is what it is, though. So you just, I mean, um, I'm sorry, I'm actually, some of these minor bowls are a little bit more pure. You don't have as many opt-outs. Uh, you don't have as many, you know, uh, guys prepping for the NFL draft and entering the portal. Um, but what I think the byproduct is, this is going to be, and, and see if I'm right in a couple of years, uh, you're going to see some of these bowls uh, petition to move to the start of the season and to week zero. Instead, um, when as far as a, as a sporting thing, they would have more relevance. And I maintain for a TV thing, they would too. Because at the start of the season, everybody's more excited. And why not play some of these at the start instead of at the end when nobody cares? These are just TV shows right now. What they've got some of these bowls that there's no interest in. Play them in week zero. And I, and I, I swear you're going to see that coming up in a few years. Um, that's going to be one of the byproducts. But back to handicapping. Yeah, it, it adds it in. It's a little bit like NFL preseason, but actually beyond that, because you generally you kind of know what the coaches 
generally have a pattern in the preseason, and you've seen some of those players before. There's guys getting on the field who we've never had a look at. BYU's probably going to be playing its quarterback who is third string uh, at the end of the regular season tomorrow against SMU. I mean, it is very hard to handicap a game and a team when, when that's the situation. Same situation in Las Vegas. Florida will be playing their third-string quarterback with Richardson opting out and and Kitna obviously off the team with with the legal troubles. What what's your take on the Las Vegas Bowl? Obviously, a handicapper's delight to be in Vegas, but what's the game going to look like? Yeah. Um, by the way, I would think Richardson, if he really wants to prep for the NFL should stick in college for another year and learn to play quarterback a bit better. Uh, I don't know who's advising him to come out now, but that would be my <laughs> suggestion to him. Um, yeah, but yeah, third string. Isn't, I mean, and like we mentioned, I think 16 guys now, it's last count Florida, is out. And uh, Napier had done pretty well in bowls at at uh, La, you know, in recent years. But um, this is a little different, and they did not close the season too well. I don't think they have any fans out here. Maybe a few Oregon State's got some people traveling here to watch them. Uh, they just extended the coach, Jonathan Smith. Uh, everything sort of systems go. I don't think they've had many of any opt-outs before the bowl game here. They closed the season as maybe the hottest team in the Pac-12. Um, and their balance, and this running back to freshman Martinez, reminds them a lot of Steven Jackson up there in Corvallis. I think it shapes up for Oregon State. I, I said this looks a little bit like that uh, LSU-Kansas State game to me last year, 34-20. Uh, maybe that's not high enough for Oregon State, but uh, we'll just go with what we see here and back the Beavers, who were really good this year against the point spread, too. Here in Mississippi, obviously, we were looking at the State and Ole Miss games. With State and, and, and the tragic passing of Mike Leach, talk about an intangible that's going to be difficult to, to predict around. Does that give you any any inkling that Mississippi State might you know come out fired up, want to play for their coach, or do they play down because of the tragedy? How do you see that game with Illinois on January second? Boy, it had some. It's so so sad. I was just talking with the guys up in Memphis about that and the impact Coach Leach really had on football. I, I in our generation, I'm not sure Coach did. We'll talk about that more as we get closer to the bowl. But really sad. Uh, it's hard to predict. The teams react differently to these things. Um, I would think they would gather together and really circle the wagons. Um, and it's probably a good thing that they've named Zach Arnett so quickly as the successor to try to keep things as is is uh, is the same as possible. And Arnett was on his way to being a head coach anyway uh, somewhere. So uh, let's, they give him a shot here. Uh, but I would expect a pretty emotional effort there. Um, Illinois is good, though. I mean, it, and it, it was a, this is a fascinating sort of a clash there because Illinois kind of a old school Big Ten. This is Brett Bielema football, and um, it's, it's a fascinating clash. We we won't write this one up for another week and a half probably, but uh, I can yeah, you could not be surprised with an emotional effort by the Bulldogs for sure. So, Bruce, we we're not, we're not going to be able to talk to you because of the holiday next weekend before uh, Ole Miss takes on Texas Tech. Uh, the Red Raider fans are motivated for this one, seemingly more than the Ole Miss fans are. But on the actual football field, call me crazy, I feel like Ole Miss has a pretty favorable matchup when it comes to actual football and not crowd percentages. Yes. Uh, for most of the season, I would have said that, and I still think probably so. Um, and I think Ole Miss this might look more like the game a couple of years ago against Indiana uh, than last year when Corral got hurt, you know, early, and that that thing against Baylor just didn't, the offense just 
Pittsburgh, uh, for the most part, I mean, Lane's offense was pretty dynamic running the football this year and the way, and the way they were able to, uh, you know, work Jackson Dart in. I, I have not scoped this game out so much yet. Texas Tech was interesting. They fought hard for Joey McGuire. The defense was not great. I think Ole Miss can run on them. They ran several quarterbacks through there because of injuries at Texas Tech, but McGuire looks like he's got them pretty fired up, and I'm sure they're going to be very emotional for a chance to play down in Houston for this one. But I would think it should be a pretty good thing for Ole Miss. The problem is, though, I mean, at the end of the season, Ole Miss lost some altitude there, and uh, uh, we, they're going to have to gather it back together. The Ole Miss that lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State may not win this game. So uh, the Ole Miss we saw in for most of the season in October up to the Bama game, I think, would. So uh, that's how I'm kind of thinking Ole Miss, but I haven't really, we haven't figured out what we're going to do with this one quite yet. Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet, GoldSheet.com, joining us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Bruce, uh, there's four, over 40 of them. Uh, what are a couple of these bowl games, uh, maybe even some of the off-the-wall non-playoff ones that uh, that you like so far anyway? Well, I will tell you my favorite one of the whole bunch is probably the Cotton Bowl uh, with <laughs> – SC and Tulane, I think Tulane's going to run roughshod in this game. I mean, that's a bad SC defense. Um, and if Caleb Williams' hamstring isn't much better, where he can move around and their whole success, he was magical. He won a Heisman because he could extend plays like nobody else this year. But if he can't move that well, we saw in the Utah game, uh, in Pac-12, they're not much different than they were last year. And I'm telling Tulane might score every time it has the ball. And I think they roll over SC. And from what I've heard, SC was very uh, – the Utah game took the wind out of their sails. They were not happy at this matchup. They were thinking they would get Alabama or somebody big like that. Instead, they get Tulane, and Tulane's good. And uh, Willie Fritz is sticking around there, and I like Pratt. And Spears is going to run for 200 yards in this game. So I think Tulane really stomps them. One, that's, that's down the road. One game this weekend, interesting. Fresno State, I think, gets Washington State tomorrow. Closed the season very well. Once so Jake Hayner, their quarterback, came back mid-October, they didn't lose a game the last half of the season. They won eight straight. Beat Boise up in the uh, blue carpet in that uh, Mountain West title game, too. Uh, Hayner sprained his ankle September 17th against SC. was out a month. That contributed to their slow start. Jeff Tedford got him back on track. Washington State's had some opt-outs, top two receivers, top couple of tacklers. Um, and Fresno, uh, I think, bounces back uh, or, or will continue its late-season role in the L.A. Bowl tomorrow. So I'd lay the points with Fresno this weekend against Washington State. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Bruce. And uh, have uh, happy holidays next week. Kate, we're going to miss you, but hopefully you're uh, off celebrating uh, somewhere. We'll talk to you here in a couple of weeks. Thanks for your time again on this Friday. Happy holidays to you, Michael. Thank you. That's Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet again. Goldsheet.com and Don Best joining us joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. You want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you on the text line. 601-879-4395. An interesting idea, and Bruce is actually not the first person that said that to us on this show about the possibility of adding bowl games to the beginning of the next season. Robert in Oak Grove says that wouldn't be fair to the seniors. Well, those seniors better make bowl games as juniors, I guess, if that idea were uh, to to come to fruition. But an, an interesting twist for sure. I would consider that if a downward trend happens. Hadn't happened yet, but people think it will. If it does, not the worst idea. 
No. No, not by, not by far. I, I'm interested to see how it would work, but I mean, I'm willing to listen. For uh, for sure. Better than uh, Mercer, no offense to the Bears, but um, would, would rather play Illinois than a Mercer either way. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Bone Indianola asking, is Tulane really that good? The Cotton Bowl is my favorite game. Is it supposed to be the best in the SEC versus the best in the Big 12? That's what the Sugar Bowl is. Yes. Oh, Bo. Just, just, just keep on keeping on, buddy. Uh, real quick, we got this uh, message here. Uh, for Mississippi State fans, if you guys are in the uh, the Tupelo area and you can't make it Tuesday to the Hump, uh, Lee Memorial Funeral Home at 5257 Raymond Avenue in Tupelo, they have a uh, uh, register book ready for you to sign that's going to be sent to the Leach family afterwards. Uh, they'll be open tomorrow, 12 to 6, and then Monday, Tuesday, 830 to 430. You can go by and... Uh, Leave a message that will get reach the uh, the family of Coach Mike Leach if you are so inclined. So that's very very nice gesture at the uh, again that's Lee Memorial Funeral Home in Tupelo, Mississippi. Good stuff. I, I just watched a video of uh, of Deion Sanders. I was thinking about playing it, but it's four minutes long. Uh, Long audio is not great for this kind of platform. At least I don't think it is. Uh, But he was asked about leaving Jackson State and why. after Because so many good things were happening there or whatever. He gives gives a four-minute long answer uh, about that. And it's it's jazzed up a little bit because that's what he does. You know, he's a marketer and... And everything, but there was something that he said in his answer that I really think people aren't going to hear because of the other stuff. Um, he is a football coach, and that's all he is. When people are, are criticizing him for leaving Jackson State because his presence there could have changed things like crime rate or the academics of the school or things like that, I understand that football can have positive impacts. Look at what Alabama has become thanks to Nick Saban. That's real, okay? And that would have happened at Jackson State as well. But the the one thing in those four minutes that he said that people aren't hearing is, I'm a football coach. That's all. I, I coach football. Why are you asking the football coach to be the catalyst for those changes? And it's a really good question. And, and the critics are taking the other things that he said and not listening to that point. I, I, I am I'm kind of blown away by how criticized this decision has been made. 
in part because you know he he did sell that you know I'm, I'm here to to help and promote and prop up HBCUs and, and it's a noble cause and, and people bought in and him leaving them looks like he didn't really care about propping them. I I, I understand that criticism, but in the I've lived here for eight years in Jackson. Uh, lived near Jackson State where people parked in, in our yard for Jackson State games, or at least in front of our house, not actually in our yard. They they didn't they didn't park in our yard without our permission either way. Right. Um so I, I've been near and around it, lived in the city for a time. What he did while he was there, from my vantage point, which could be different from somebody else's is more than anybody else has done in any period of time recently. And while it was shorter than people would have liked, he did do good things while he was around. He did put Jackson State on the map. He did fill up the football stadium. He he brought college game day to right outside of that stadium across from the hospital right there in Jackson. So maybe it wasn't as long as people would have liked for it to be. But to pretend like he didn't do good things while he was around because he left for an objectively better job by every considerable measure is... is People are criticizing a guy for making decisions that they themselves make all the time. When you've got media people that have made multiple different stops on their way up to ESPN criticizing Dion for not staying where he was... It just rings hollow. It, it, it rings hollow. He's a football coach. D- asking him to change the landscape of a university system is a lot to ask of the football coach. We should be asking other people to do those kind of things yeah. and demanding other people do those kind of things, not the football coach. Because if he didn't go undefeated, if he went 3-8 and eight instead of 12-0, and 0, what do you think the the reaction would be to him leaving? Right. People would want him out. So, yes. There's no, there's I just, there's no loyalty in business like this. There's not and expecting it I think is a a fool's errand, but that's just me. No, you're right. You're right. And, and and Dion's right, too. That's not something we should be asking our football coaches to do. That's what you should be asking the people you elect to represent you to do. The fact that they haven't done that is an indictment on them and an indictment on you, the voter. Sports Talk Mississippi. Coach Prime about to play or coach in his last game at uh, Jackson State this weekend. College Football Fix coming your way next. This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. There's a choir outside of my house singing Silent Night. For any little thing that's gone wrong, Christmas makes it right. The children are singing Christmas carols and everybody's holding hands. We've got that Christmas feeling again. 
Our friend Andy sends us a nice message. Well, especially to you, hey dad. He likes you more than me, apparently. He said, Merry Christmas, y'all. Brian, safe travels. Enjoy St. Louis. Go up the hill for some Italian food. Hip-hop parade for Christmas vacation. Thank you, Andy. Hope you have a safe and Merry Christmas and all of you out there. Thank you. We're not off yet, though. Same. Hey, Dad's off. No. You're stuck with... Yeah, y'all have to work next week. I planned this perfectly. You're stuck with me and Richard for the next four shows after this one. We go... We've got, what, four-day... You know, next week, y'all are working. And then the week after that, I come back, it's a four-day week. And then... Is the week after that a four-day week, too? Are we off on the third? We won't be, because State plays on the second. Okay. Gotta double-check that. Wait, isn't State's game on a Monday? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah we'll so be working on, on the... We'll work on the second. I would think we would. Yeah. But that means... We, we might. I don't know off. if the company's off or not, but, but we will be working the day of... I hope the company's off. That way we can, uh, you know, we yeah, can pile extra. up that day off for another day. Yeah. Get to save it. Yeah, or actually uh, want it. That'll actually be that's perfect timing. We'll, we'll get to do basically the post game show. So state will play at eleven. No, this is Monday, all network shows live. So never, I guess that's not a day off. Dang oh, it to it's a shame. But still, we we'll get they, to do a post game show. They're, they're they're messing with us. They're messing with our money. I mean, we'll we will start at three oh six, right after that game ends. Right after. Yeah. What are state fans, what's the, this seems like a callous question, For please forgive me if it's insensitive, how are they feeling about this game in terms of like going, actually you know, making the trip, I think, going to the game, all that, How how is that? I think the interest has picked up on that, because I think people want to go and honor Mike Leach, I, I, the idea that the, the game is being played with the pirate ship in the, in the end zone has people like, okay, this is sort of maybe meant to be or something. Uh, I, I think I think state's going to end up selling more tickets than they would have uh, without this tragic tragic thing happening. It's uh, it's very fitting uh, for sure. We do get asked uh, about you know Will Rogers and, and how how will he handle not having his play caller uh, with him in the game? There, there's no way of knowing. I, I imagine though, that, look, I've I haven't experienced something like this. Uh, I, I've had people in my life pass, you know. Lost all of my grandparents now, actually. Um, and uncle, you know, I like everybody, I've had people close to me pass, and he, he will, I assume, based on listening to him talk and, and the way he conducts himself, which is very impressive, by the way, I assume that he will be not down, but motivated to go win one for his coach. It's, there's one of two ways that you can approach something like this, he strikes me as the type that's going to... He'll be locked in and, and really focused and, and ready to play as opposed to down and, you know, not focused, I guess. Yeah. There's no way I expect Feel, that team to not be locked in and ready and prepared and, and energized to play in that game. And Arnett's the kind of coach that will will have them motivated and have them ready to play. So, yeah. I, I think Will Rogers, obviously he's going to have a burden... He'll 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 have he'll have that that sadness, but I, I do believe he'll want to he'll be motivated to go out and play his best game for his for his coach. I think I think they really want to try to honor Mike Leach with with getting a win, and uh, and and moving from there. 
Mike in Oxford actually texted us this earlier. Mike, great minds think alike. This was already part of the show plan today, but we're going to get into it right now for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. If you're not watching football this weekend, I think you've got four NFL games tomorrow, all the bowl games tomorrow, including Southern Miss, but if you're taking a break from the games... Stop by and test drive an F-150. Maybe get one for your husband or wife for Christmas. It's an expensive Christmas present. But it's a worthwhile Christmas present for sure. Once you test drive one, you'll know why it's been the best-selling truck in America for 47 years. That's the F-150 driven by Ford. The NCAA did something good and right that will actually help immediately improve their pro-season product. I mean, mind-blowing stuff right here. It's very simple. Some of you may have actually thought that it was already a thing. It's not, but we know now. The NCAA has granted a blanket waiver to everybody moving forward. Specifically players trying to redshirt. The postseason will not count. So if... I think Luke Altmyer has appeared in four games, for example. I think so. But Luke Altmyer can play in the Texas Bowl and not lose his red shirt. Every player that has played in four games or fewer that wants to preserve their red shirt can play in the bowl game and not have that count in their in their games, in those four games. So if you have players that are hard-capped at four games to preserve a red shirt, they can play in your bowl game. So if you've had an opt-out or an injury or you just want to get some guys some work, you can do that penalty-free. So these diminished rosters like you saw with LSU last year don't have to be as much because depending on the team, you get five to ten players uh, that are available now for this game that would not have been otherwise. Very smart. Very simple, but very smart. I mean, we've been saying it for such a long time that you know these games are basically, outside of the playoff games, they're basically just exhibition games. Well, exhibition games shouldn't count for, for, for anything like this. So yeah, this is just smart. And, and, it, and it helps you so much with developing your young roster. If you can give those guys a chance to play, obviously that's great. But it also, you know, you, you avoid emergency situations where you're just like, gosh, you know, somebody gets hurt and this is the next guy, but he's already played. What are we going to do? Now we got to put a walk on. It's just smart. It's just smart. Let, it, let everybody play in the bowl game and move forward. I think it's a great idea. Clip it. Here it comes. Kudos to the NCAA. Imagine that. Never name may never say it again. It is uh, it is a bit of a no brainer. So that's your news for the day. If you uh, you might get to see some of your redshirted players uh, in the bowl game coming up. Do we know? By the way, and we haven't really deep dived into Texas Tech or Illinois just yet. Kind of saving that for for next week. Although you're not going to be here. Um, no, no. Saving you guys that, are for, have to handle that for next week, but. Is there anything new that you've learned about Illinois uh, over the last few days uh, when you've looked into them? Defensive coordinators leaving, which yeah, is, is significant. I'm interested to see how they switch things up defensively because if you watch them play this year, they run a lot of man coverage. And man, if you can't do that against Mississippi State, they will they will punish man coverage. You've got to be able to play zone and still be able to bring pressure. And without a defensive coordinator in there, you know, and that guy's a really good coach. That's why he's now a head coach, one of the youngest head coaches in the country. Um, it's going to be it's it's going to be tough to game plan for Mississippi State there. So, plus you don't 
you don't really know what State's going to do offensively in this game, right? I mean, it's, it's obviously not enough time to, to install a whole new offense or anything, but whoever's calling plays is not Mike Leach. So they're going to have different tendencies and different traits that they want to do, and, and, and we'll see how it goes. So I think you could see a little different you know, flavor from Mississippi State than, than you've seen all year long. So State may have just a slight advantage there that maybe they didn't have a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when, when Walters was was still in Illinois and obviously when Leach was still with Mississippi State. I do wonder, too, if they're going to add anything, you know, in a way kind of for the heck of it. Just to add some wrinkles into the offense that haven't been shown on film because the, the brilliance of the air raid is that it's super simple, right? I mean, everybody knows what's coming. Right. They don't even bother disguising the play calls because it doesn't matter because you know what's coming. I wonder if they're going to use this extra time to just throw throw some stuff in there that you know Leach may have told Teams them tend no to do to. that too. They tend to just add an add a little wrinkle here or there. Especially if you catch something on film, you're like, you know, we could exploit that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe some I format. How funny would that be? Okay, I now, would, I would now you're laugh. getting out of. Man. You're getting out of control now. They're not going under center. <laughs> I would laugh so hard if they came out full house it, backfield. Uh, yes, with a with a fullback and a couple of tight ends. Too tight. <laughs> T formation. Let's go. Does Brad Cumbus have any eligibility left? Uh, Brad Cumbus is playing minor league baseball. No sir. Get him to line back up at tight end for a game. Man, I would laugh so hard. You get yeah. Will Rogers up under center with a fullback, and you've got wide receivers playing tight end or like an extra offensive lineman, and you just turn around and do a fullback dive. Antonio Harmon could do it. Yeah, exactly. See, Antonio Harmon could get out there. See, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. I want to see. Speaking. Oh, segway it. You got it right there. Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. And we'll talk about what we're cooking when we come back for a Food Friday. Text us what you're cooking this weekend. 601-879-4395 on the C Spire text line. We've already got some of you guys uh, doing it right now. And uh, a a wishbone package. You don't really eat wishbones, but eh, whatever. Ruin the segue. Food Friday when we come back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. A couple things before we get to the food, because that... uh... You guys have some ideas running through your mind right now about what Mississippi State should do in their bowl game. This one's a really good one. I've actually gotten to see something like this uh, in person kind of recently, obviously with something different. Uh, Texter says, could you see a missing man formation and take the delay of game the first play if you're State for Mike Leach? I I saw something similar uh, the day that Kobe died. Um, I actually went to an NBA game that day. We were driving down when the news broke. And the teams, I forget who won the tip-off. It didn't matter because one um, took a 24-second violation, just dribbled the clock out. And then I think it was 
It was one Boston that, that, that dribbled out second. the 24, and then New Orleans did the 8-second uh, in response because yeah, he wore both 24 numbers, and 8, yeah. which was really cool. Possible they could do that? The, the, the Redskins did that a few years ago. or It's been a while now, but when Sean Taylor passed away, they uh, they, they they went out there with 10 guys. Uh, sometimes when the offense will take a delay of game, and then the, if the defense, you know, you tell them ahead of time, the defense will jump off sides the next play so you can get first and 10. And go back to normal. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I saw a, an idea that I really liked, but obviously it would be impossible to coordinate. Of every bowl team should run four verts on the first play of the game to honor Mike Leach. I thought that was a great idea, but yeah. obviously it's, it's just so difficult to uh, to put together. That would be really cool. I, I expect <clears throat> so many people have given out ideas. You know, the team is also uh, coming up with things that they can do as well. I'm, I'm very. Curious isn't the right word. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. It, it's just, it's something romantic about sports that even through a tragic situation, two of them yeah, they always happened find to something. this team this year. Beauty can come from that. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway, that's that's usually how it goes. That team has been through a lot this season, and that's the understatement of the century. It really has, yeah. One more, then we'll get to food. Bring the Maryland eye back. Yeah, the the two fullbacks, and then <laughs> just go wild with it. Um, that would be a lot of fun. If Dylan Johnson were still around, I might I might be in favor of that, but I don't know who could play fullback for this team. I would just put anybody there. Who cares? Uh, just, yeah, sure. Just find just put an extra lineman in there. Boogie Watson could do it. We if Somebody says throw the ball into the pirate ship. That's a yeah. long throw. Thing's huge too. Yeah, you you have to waste a red zone throw for that. You need to be you need to be go driving into it. Yeah, there's nobody in college football that can do that from like the fifty. The fifty, Levis could do it. Yeah, but instead of throwing it into the pirate ship, well, he well, would he, throw it. Yeah, like he, he would throw it to to the to the to the English. Yeah, Zach Arnett. <laughs> he'd, find, he'd find. Yeah, he'd find somebody else's ship to throw it into. So someone out in the bay somewhere would get pegged by yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. But this is Friday, obviously, and it's just after five twenty, a few minutes after five twenty. So that means it's time for Food Friday. Some of the most fun we have on this show is talking about our obsession with great barbecue and grilling out. Every Friday at this time we talk about just that. Food Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat each week. We'll talk about our favorite ways to grill their delicious Polk's Original Cajun or Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as our other barbecue favorites. No buts about it. Folks, picky people pick Polk's. Brian, hey, Dad, what are you cooking this weekend? Ah, not this weekend. Got a, We're going to my sister-in-law's house tomorrow for uh, sort of uh, that side of the family Christmas, and then we're out. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be some barbecue eaten because, you know, we got to drive through Memphis on the way. I'm going to try to see what I can pull off there. Is there anywhere we can stop? But no time to cook this weekend. I, I will be cooking free until uh, till Christmas Day. Good for you, Now, man. Christmas Day, I'm, I'm set up. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I know what I'm doing there. but So yeah. we won't hear from I you. Got a big, well, I've got a big uh, pork butt. That I think I'm going to cut it, cook it, though, like as a pork roast. So I don't want to pull it. I want to be able to slice it. Okay. So we'll put that out there on the grill. and I, I, you know, Instead of taking it to, like, 190... Maybe take it to like 170 and just get a good bark on it. 
And then I got to break that potato ricer out again and do some mashed potatoes and gravy. That's just just too much fun. And then some sort of some sort of vegetable that will definitely involve some bacon, maybe some green beans, green beans, bacon. Yeah, I love this that, country. That, that's so what we're much. having for on Christmas Day. A vegetable yeah. that has bacon. <clears throat> God bless America. Yeah, I mean, if you can't put bacon in your vegetables, what's the point? Speaking of that, Debbie in Ocean Springs is upset with Richard. She sent us four pictures, and he ignored them last Friday. We won't do that this time. Uh, Backstrap stuffed with cream cheese, mushrooms, and bacon wrapped in the oven, along with Polk's Cajun sausage and bacon-wrapped asparagus. Looks outstanding. I don't know how he could have ignored that, but uh, blame him for that. We would never. It's all Richard's fault. Yes. And that that's true about everything. Speckle belly goose and venison sausage gumbo from Doug and Jackson looks outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. A lot of people doing gumbo. People doing gumbo. A bunch yeah, of gumbo on here. It, 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 it's, it's, it's that time of year. It's going to be colder this weekend. It's time to break out the Dutch oven. It's time for chili. Somebody was asking us, I said on the, the commercial for Polk's, that uh, it says to do chili with polk sausage, and they said, "Have you ever done that?" I haven't, but why would it be bad? You haven't put you know, uh, render out the sausage links into your into your chili. I never have, no. But I mean, that's I've a great idea, or even better, just to chop it up, render out the fat, and let that get into the chili itself, and then you got the chunks of, of smoked sausage in there. How yeah. how could it be bad? It can't be. I'll, I, I will answer that question for you. I've done it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend doing it as the only meat. Like it's it's like a complimentary, complimentary meat. When you do it as the only one, it's not. Um, yeah, it 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 becomes more like a like a stew as opposed to a chili. But I have chopped it up you. and, and yeah. added it to chili. It's quite good, actually. I mean, you can't. I mean, I had a jambalaya last weekend with uh, with some pork sausage, and it was fantastic. Somebody says my by wife the way, said it was put, too uh, spicy, which means it was just right. Good. That's how you know it's too spicy. That means it was just right. Dude, my little guy loves spicy food. I'm I'm so excited. There you go. I mean, he, he and I get along. He'll eat. Uh, you know, we haven't tested him right. Like I haven't doused his stuff in hot sauce yet. But like those uh, those pretzels that I get at every gas station. Anytime I'm taking a road trip, I buy a bag of hot buffalo wing uh, pretzels. Yeah, he eats them no problem. Loves them like just just begs for more yeah. every time. Uh, Are you so doing the, the flaming hot Cheeto thing with him yet? Loves it. Yeah. Likes to eat lemon. Got to be well. careful with them when they're little though. That'll that, you can tear them up. You got to be careful with that stuff. Yeah, and he uh, because of not because of me because of my wife. He actually eats quite well. So I'm. Mm-hmm. It's always me that's like sneaking him the processed stuff that he's not supposed to have. <laughs> Your dad. That's your job. Yeah. I'm, Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, we're 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 here for for a good time, not a long time. Let's go. Um, this isn't food, but can the defense can the defense not decline a delay of game penalty? They can, so but people will do it just for fun, almost yeah. like making more of a, a scene, if you will, out of it. Yeah. Hammy gives you advice: says keep it around two seventy five, two ninety for five hours indirect. You'll be good to go. That's probably the way I'm gonna go. Yeah, I've never had it that Do like way. Like some sort of like, like savory, like a garlic butter kind of marinade or something, or or, or rub. 
and uh, yeah, build a nice bark up on it and go from there. Because you know, pork's done at one sixty-five. You know, you you take it that extra thirty plus degrees so that you can pull it apart. But you can you can pull it off at one sixty-five, one seventy, and it's just fine. We get a message that says, "Y'all ignore me all the time." Well, Debbie's nice to us. Number one, number two. I'm sorry. I, I really, truly don't try to ignore. If you're going to send us a message, I like to read them. Sometimes we just miss them. It is not, uh, not on purpose. You know, unless you're going to be like Bo, in which, hey, that's going to ignore Bo from Indianola as best he can anyway. Well, until Bo makes a mistake, in which case I'm going to pounce. And it's every time, so I don't have to worry about it. Get one smoked ham, broccoli, casserole, abs, potatoes, etc. Usual Christmas stuff. Nothing wrong with the usual. There you go. Yeah, we're not going to have a food Friday on Christmas now that you think about it. We will like not. the 23rd, we're off. So, yeah, if you got some Christmas stuff to, you know, you got a couple seconds left here. We might go to the next segment. We need to. Ooh, that soup looks good, Jeff. Homemade vegetable soup and cornbread. Outstanding. Did I tell you about the time I had blueberry cornbread and I loved it? What? Yes. I don't know about that. Oh, man. I don't really I, like see, I didn't think so either. With, so. But I was at uh, Fresh Market, which is the best-smelling place in America. Like, Bourbon Street is the worst-smelling place in America. (laughs) Fresh Market is the best-smelling place in America. But right at the checkout, they had blueberry cornbread. Oh, my gosh. Buddy. Wasn't expecting that. It was outstanding. I mean, I've been looking for it every time I go back, which isn't that often because it's a little bit above my pay grade. But when I go... I've been looking for it, and I can't find it. I'm going to make it myself. Blueberry cornbread's awesome. We'll get some more of your messages when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi and the Pearl River Resort Studio. Now more Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. The moon is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. So, Haydad, did you know that people have really strong feelings about this song? Yes, I did. It's it's a really odd song. I'll be honest. You don't like it? No, it's okay. It's okay. I don't. I'm not among the strong feelings people, but it's weird. There are some days where I hear it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Paul. I am simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I appreciate it. And then there are other times where I hear that first little bow, 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 and I want to pick up the speaker and, and break it's it over my Christmas-y. knee and throw it off of a 20-story yeah. building. Hmm. It's mood dependent. What about Wham? What about Last Christmas? Not a big fan of that one either. Oh, come on. I do like Have Christmas Have you been Wham this year? No. Okay. What is that? Whamageddon is a game that you can play and everybody can play it. It's this is the first time you hear the last Christmas, you're out. 
And then the winner gets just they win. The winner, the winner, the winner went the longest without hearing last Christmas. I don't. That's all you get. I like that actually. Yeah, I might I might send that to a to a group. It's like you know, you know, do you know what the game is? Like that movie. Where, where no, they were... the, it, I, I've seen, the game is the the whole point of the game is to not think about the game. So as soon as you think about the game, the game is over. So not like Seinfeld. Right. <laughs> no, no, not like the, that's the contest. That was different. <laughs> that was different. So I think your answer is Blue Christmas, right? The, the that's my favorite non-traditional uh, Christmas song. So yes. then, what's your favorite? The greatest, according to Brian Haydad, Christmas song <laughs> out there is oh what? man. Um, for for. I gotta, again, there, there needs to be a division here, right? We got to have like Santa songs, and then we got to have religious songs. Religious songs, my vote would go for either "God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen" or "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." Uh, for Santa songs, I'm going to go "Santa Claus is Coming to Town," preferably the Bruce Springsteen version of it. Okay. That's that's that, that 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 that's how I'm breaking it down. So, I, I'm a big Sinatra guy. I love Sinatra and, and all of his Christmas music. But I think Michael Bublé. I feel I feel like Richard saying this. This is embarrassing. Bublé. I, I need to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I need to do to counteract this feeling that I've got right now. Richard's I'm, driving around listening to a very Hamilton Christmas right yeah. now. Um, but his "It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas" I think is a phenomenal it's a song. It's good. It's good. I like uh, as far as non-traditional. I like "Santa Looked a Lot Like Daddy" by Travis Trent. Yep, that's a good one. I've Travis avoided Trent. playing I don't know that who one. Travis Trent is. You should. I've got it in the system. Uh, yeah, "Mistress for Christmas" by ACDC is a good one. I've got that one in here too. So I have two metal versions of of traditional hymns. I have Dio's uh, "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen," and I have Twisted Sisters' "Oh Come All You Faithful," which fits completely and beautifully over the template of "We're Not Gonna Take It." We're not gonna take it. Oh, come all ye faithful! faithful. <laughs> it, it, it fits. It fits perfectly. <laughs> I love it. It fits perfectly over that template. So. Tyler and Corinth already lost the game. Yep, yeah, see, you got to be careful. Get a vote for Run DMC. <laughs> yep, they've got a Christmas song. Yes, Christmas and Hollis. Everybody has that. I have I have DMX's version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on my playlist, too. Ray Stevens from Robert and Oak Grove. Santa Claus is watching you. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's not my favorite Ray Stevens song, but it's a good one. Not much better. The Zach says not much better than Silent Night. Is yeah. it from the Temptations. Awesome. I like Cartman's version of Oh Holy Night. Oh no, I haven't heard it. Huh? You haven't heard of that? Oh, you got to look it up. Oh my God! <laughs> but he doesn't know the words, so it gets uh. better. Like. It's the night with the Christmas trees and pears. So it's like that scene in the office where uh, yeah. they're trying to sing "Staying Alive." Yeah, 
Yes, Mike's exactly. Mike's uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer. Drake, Greg and Jackson, I haven't heard this, and I <coughs> I think Stevie Nicks was blessed differently than the rest of us, uh, but she has a Silent Night version. I need to go find that. I need to like, find the that. The second this show ends. Ooh, I'm going well, to do it right now. It's just, you know. Bob Seger's I'll little have it later. boy. I've, I've had this take on this show before. Bob Seger, I think, is the single most underrated, and he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but still. The single most underrated rock musician and songwriter of all time. People talk about Zeppelin, who I love, and they talk about you know the Rolling Stones and all these bands, and nobody mentions Seeger. Songwriting, both music and lyrics, and the hit after hit after hit after hit. Nobody talks about him in that way, and they should. He's one of the greatest of all time. Okay. David McComb talks about Alabama. We got another vote for Alabama. Harry Connick Jr.'s oh, yeah. whole Christ, Christmas, Christmas album. and Dixie. Christmas and Dixie. Fantastic song. It's a, it's a Jackson, Mississippi reference in there. Dan drops a John Denver in here. Montgomery Gentry. Merry Christmas from the family. Good one. These are all good ones. I love Christmas music. You guys think I'm the Grinch? It's great. I love Christmas music. You're a mean one. Mr. Borky. It's a great roast, it. the uh, the Grinch song, by the way. I mean, it is just... Oh, it, yeah. It's... Robert Earl Keane, Merry Christmas to the Family, Spirit of Christmas by Ray Charles. I think I play that one on here uh, occasionally. Oh, Holy yeah. Night is uh, a, an absolutely beautiful song, regardless of who's singing it. Yeah. DW, I feel bad that I'm going to say this. He said nobody mentioned the Chipmunks. Um, hearing them I sing, I, I talked about breaking oh, a speaker uh, when I hear sometimes simply having a wonderful mm-hmm. Christmas time. If I've got Christmas music playing and the Chipmunk song comes on, I want to ram my head through a brick wall. <laughs> It gives me the sudden so, urge to punch things. So I've got some Neil Diamond, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Nice. That's a good one. Great, great pick. We haven't mentioned Felice Navidad yet. Everybody loves great Jose song. Feliciano. Yes. Come on. I have uh, Johnny Cash's The Little Drummer Boy. Good one. That's a good one. Jingle Bell Rock, Hall and Oates. Yes, I played that one here. Uh... That was a little drummer boy with uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie. That's a classic. I haven't heard that combination. What? Oh, come on, I man. Need to seek that out. You do need to seek that out. Uh, let's see here. I have the first Noel by the Crash Test Dummies on here. I have a good playlist for, for, for uh Crash for Test Dummies did Christmas. I didn't know that. See, I mean, I'm learning something yeah. new here. Yeah, yeah. I have What Child Is This with Vince Gill. That's a good one. Wait, what? Uh, let's see here. Ben Skill. The song is called What Child Is This? What Child Is This? Yeah. Is he confused? It's a hymn? Or... Oh, oh, okay. No, it's, it's about, it's a hymn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to... calm, is, is, calm down is, there, buddy. Is he like Danny Noonan's dad in the beginning of... Uh... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Where, where he's sitting at uh, the breakfast table and he looks at a kid and says, are you mine? Yeah. No. <laughs> run, run, Rudolph. Brian Adams, that's a good one. Please come home for Christmas. The Eagles is on my list here. 
Uh, Merry Christmas Baby by Otis Redding. I think we we play that one. Yeah. Debbie says, I was the Grinch uh, before I became a dad. I have gotten soft. <laughs> I have. I, I, I am. Oh, boy. He is. Um, he's made me into a little softy. Like, I get emotional. There's a song, Dave Matthews' song, called Samurai Cup. Not kidding. Mm-hmm. I, I'm man enough to admit that this happened. It's a song about the birth of one of his children. I'm man enough to admit that a couple weeks ago when it came on my playlist and I, I was uh, driving to us uh, um, when we were in Starkville. Yeah. Uh, the the development partnership there in Starkville. When I was driving there, right, that song right, came The on. remote we had there. And tears came out of my eyes as I was driving to Starkville oh. listening to Dave Matthews' Samurai Cop. I'm a softie now. You big wuss. I know. I don't know what happened. I know what happened, but I can't believe it wrecked me the way it has. Now I have feelings. It sucks. Nobody wants to feel feelings. No. Not those anyway. But I appreciate you, Debbie, and, and all of you that have texted in. Uh, and appreciate you guys kind of indulging us. We talked at the very beginning of the show about a sales pitch that we got from a uh, a publicist wanting us to talk about Harry and Meghan. And now we're doing Christmas songs, and you guys seem to be enjoying yourselves. I know we are, and we thank you for being a part. we got one segment left, though. We'll get to that when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Troy has won the Cure Bowl for what that's worth to you. They beat UTSA 18 to 12. They were down, I believe, 12 to nothing at one point. Came all the way back and won that game. John Summerall took Troy to 12 wins in his first year. He's going to be an SEC head coach soon. Very soon. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. He'll have a big job next year, assuming he, he, he follows up with another big season. Yeah. Uh, and their only two losses are Ole Miss. Let's and... project that. Let's project that. Where is he next year? After next season. Where... Kentucky. Your first thought is Ole Miss if Lane decides to go next year. Yes. He could Ole Miss. I don't know. If Lane stays, who's the next coach out? Mark Stoops, but not because he's fired. Pittman? 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 Arkansas takes another step back. Pittman's seat's going to be a little bit hot this year. It's a little warm. If he goes 6-6 six and six or worse, he could yeah. be out. If Kirk Ferentz decides um, to retire for any reason and Mark Stoops goes back to his ooh. alma mater and Kentucky opens, he will absolutely yeah, be there. the next head coach at Kentucky. Or some rock could go to Iowa. That would not be a bad choice either. That's a good. Uh, he'll, he'll have a big job next year, though. If I had to guess, he's going to hold out for an SEC gig, though. I don't think he'd go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, else. I think he's 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 in the same. I think he's in the situation now that that Napier was in. He'll he'll win at Troy, yeah, and he'll he'll keep his profile high, and then he'll wait for the job he wants, the, the you know the the right high profile job. 
I know this is very far away from where we sit, but tomorrow night, if you have the NFL Network, the Bills and the Dolphins play. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Let me read to you what can be expected in Buffalo tomorrow night. Lake effect snow warning remains in effect from 7 p.m. this evening to 1 p.m. Sunday. Heavy lake effect snow expected. Total snow accumulations of 10 to 18 inches in the most persistent lake snows where in the counties in, in which Buffalo is in. It is going to be snowing the entire weekend in Buffalo. They'll do their best to clear the field, I'm sure, but it's going to keep snowing, and it's going to keep snowing, and it's going to keep snowing, and it's going to be a night game. So you get the lights and the snow and the stadium that is filled with snow and the crazy Bills fans throwing it up in the air and losing their minds. The visuals tomorrow night in Buffalo are going to be outstanding. Our snow game, first one of the year. Real one, anyway. Yeah, can't wait. Should be fun. Should uh, should be really fun. Yeah, we get one message here. Saul Ole Miss picked up a big man on the defensive line. Their second defensive portal commit uh, since you last heard from us yesterday, anyway. Josh Harris plays defensive tackle for NC State, former four-star, uh, four-star recruit. While ago, though, been at NC State for a few years. Uh, They're starting defensive tackle, transferring to Ole Miss. They also got another pickup from Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, the linebacker from UCF. Uh, He was also a starter there. A guy that Ole Miss recruited, actually, back in his recruitment. He's an interesting pickup because he is the third year in a row where Ole Miss is getting a one-year rental at linebacker. Only one year of eligibility left. Chance Campbell, Troy Brown, and now this guy, from UCF coming in, presumed uh, going to start just for a year. So two defensive guys for Ole Miss lately. They need them. They do, especially at those positions. They need them. Also need a wide receiver. Lane Kiffin went to Ra Ra <clears throat> Thomas's barbecue last night. Lane Kiffin went to Ra Ra Thomas's barbecue. Rara was the one cooking? What's going on? I don't here? know if he was the one cooking, but it, feels was, backwards. it, it was his family. Uh, and, and, okay. Lane, and Lane was there. Uh, he's visiting Auburn this weekend, though. Rara, okay. Yeah. I thought he, I think he'd already been to Auburn. I thought, I don't, Unofficially, I, this is officially. Oh, so he's going back again? All right, well. Yeah, we, uh, we that might. trends a certain way. It, it seems like it. Um, Auburn reportedly now has over $15 million in NIL again. They, they did, and then they didn't, and now they do again. And so maybe by Monday it'll be either uh, must have passed million the collection plate. or $5 million. It just depends. It varies. Um, depends on where Freeze goes this weekend. You never know how much money he's going to spend. Uh, you man. put it on the tee, and I will hit it. Good question. Do you start Stephon Diggs in the snow if he's on your fantasy team? That's a good question. It depends on who you would should always start your studs. You got to you got to always start your studs. You, you, you don't want to look up and somehow he caught a couple of passes for eighty yards because everybody's falling down trying to tackle him. I would start him. All of the NFL games tomorrow, three of them are on the NFL Network for what it's worth. Dolphins Bills, the most exciting one. You got Colts Vikings at noon tomorrow. Ravens Browns in the afternoon. If you want a stomach watching Deshaun Watson play. Uh, for Richard Cross and Brian Haydad, I'm Michael Borky. Thank you guys so much for keeping it light with us this afternoon. Merry we'll be... Christmas, y'all. I'll see you when I get back. Merry Christmas, Brian Haydad and family, who will be gone all next week. You've got Richard and myself 
for four days next week. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great and safe weekend. We'll see you then. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.